when you least expect it. There comes a point of no return, a dead end from which there seems no escape, a moment in time, a moment of crisis. New Year's Eve, a time to take stock of the old year, a time to reckon with the new. At a New Year's Eve party in the suburban apartment of young Dr. Max Garrison, a plan is being hatched, a conspiracy intended to benefit good old George Baker, a benign conspiracy intended to hand to George something he never thought to take for himself, a running jump at life. In a moment, we'll join the party and meet the conspirators and good old George in our play titled The New Leaf, in which what seems like a very good idea turns out to be a very bad idea. We'll be back in just a minute. The party has winnowed down to just a few close friends. The rest have gone home. Around the depleted fondue table in front of the fireplace sprawl Max Garrison and Laura, the host and hostess, and David and Samantha, the last two guests, the conspirators. And apart from everything else, it happens to be against the Hippocratic Oath. Why? To make someone feel good? Oh, listen, you guys, it's fun to kid about it, but it's definitely out. Except that it would do George a world of good to just live a little. How old is he? Forty? And still got his first nickel. Doesn't have anything to do with it. I can't do it. A doctor can't lie to a patient. Oh? And what about the times the doctor tells the patient he's fine? When he knows he's going to die. Same thing exactly. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It's exactly the opposite. Who is the biggest buddy daddy we know? George George Baker. Baker. Precisely. Hey, this would be the greatest therapy in the world. You could write a paper on it after. Well, you guys forget it. I'm not going to discuss George and his hang-ups anymore. I mean, after all, he is a patient of mine. Just because we all know he's wasting of what's left of his virile years pretending he's a monk in a monastery, it's none of our business. Well, maybe he's a little strange. He's perfectly normal, except he's as... Well, hey, look, I said we wouldn't discuss him anymore, and how do we get on the subject anyway? That's true. I said it must be wonderful to be a doctor and be able to mold people's lives. And I said I knew of a life that was getting moldy already. Well, come on, Sam. The good doctor here is afraid to give a helping hand to one of our best friends. So, time to cut out. Neat party, you guys. Happy New Year. Yeah, that's right. It's the New Year. May it bring you all kinds of happiness. Yeah, you guys. Hey, thanks for everything. Sorry old George couldn't make it, though. Yeah, so am I. Well, we tried and tried to get him to come. He was afraid he'd be a wet blanket. (laughs) Wet blanket? Even his expressions are square. Uh, Well, listen, Laura. Thanks for everything. Dr. Max, you're no fun at all. Good night, all. Good night. Good, Good night, night, you guys. Good night. Drive carefully. <sighs> well, I'll empty the ashtrays. You toddle off to bed. Oh, forget the ashtrays. It's four o'clock in the morning. No, I want everything nice and straight when I wake up next week. Go on, go to bed. Hey, come here. What? Aren't you the least bit sore at me? No. Why should I be sore at you? Well, I think you were actually going along with this gag about telling George he's a doomed man. Oh, well, it was a groovy idea, that's all. 
You asleep? Mm-hmm. Want some music on the radio? Yeah. Okay. I'll get it. What are you thinking about? George. Me too. <laughs> I was thinking how lucky we are. We have each other. We both like the same thing. And we aren't afraid to... How did that go? Drink fully from life's cup? And then there's George. Divorced six years. Never spending a dime. Never having fun. Never wasting anything. Was he always like that? George? No, not in college. He was more bookish than I was. But he, well, he liked a good time. I don't know what happened to him. Maybe 40 happened to him. It's going to happen to me next year. Max, what do you think he'd do if he thought he only had six months to live? I don't know. I really don't know. Some people go to pieces, uh, try to commit suicide. But George, the guy's in perfectly decent health. I don't know what he'd do. Hey, let's get some sleep. Dr. Garrison. Hi, Max. Dave. Happy day after New Year. Hi, Dave. Say, I wanted to thank you and Laura for the great New Year's Eve party. And I've got news for you. Oh, yeah? Guess who I just sold a new life insurance policy to? George Baker. Well, how nice for you both. He's making an appointment with you to give him the physical. Does that uh, give you any ideas? Yeah? I'll make 15 bucks. Thanks. No, 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 no. I mean, doesn't that remind you of our little New Year's Eve party brainstorm? I know what you mean, Dave. And I told you to forget that kind of stuff. Oh, Max, where's your heart? Wouldn't you love to see old George turn into a bit of a swinger? Get a few laughs out of life? By telling him he's going to die? Listen, number one, it's completely unethical. Number two, it wouldn't work. Number three, I wouldn't tell anyone if I decided to do it anyway. So long, Dave. Max, you ready to give me my physical? George. Oh, come on in, sure. I, I, I didn't know you were here. Well, your nurse was kind enough to squeeze me in. Uh, here's the medical form. Old Dave tapped you for some more insurance, huh? Oh, it's not very much, just a little policy. Uh, do I have to undress? <laughs> not unless you really want to. Huh? Just your coat, George. Oh, and, and your muffler and your hat. That's everything except the questionnaire. And just the standard routine questions. No. 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 How come you aren't asking me the questions, Mac? Huh? Oh, because I know the answers, George. You've never had any of this stuff. So I'm just marking it no. Well, how's my heart, Max, and my blood pressure? No, oh, it was... Uh, why do you ask? Oh, nothing. Uh, something Dave mentioned when he was writing up the insurance policy. Oh? Uh, what did he say? Oh, something about how he hoped the policy wouldn't have to be rated. And I, I asked him what that meant, and he said that that was where the insurance company charged extra to insure you if you weren't perfectly healthy. I don't know. I've been thinking about that. Uh-huh. Uh, how have you been feeling 
in general recently, George? Uh, Fine. A little tired, maybe, more than usual. I see. Are you still working day and night? No. Well, now and then. I mean, when someone wants a rush printing job done, I have to stay down at the shop till I'm finished. Why? What do you find out in my physical? Oh, nothing. Uh, Nothing to be alarmed about, really. Hey, listen, Max. You and I have known each other for a long time. You're the only doctor I've had since you hung up your shingle. You wouldn't kid an old friend, would you? Of course not. I mean, if there's there's ever anything I ought to know about myself. I mean, you'd tell me right out, wouldn't you, Max? Sure. But tell me, tell me, George, what what do you do for relaxation? Relaxation? I read mostly. Now and then I write a little piece, send it into printer's quarterly. You don't just go out and have a, a little fun? Well, you see, I sold my car. You sold your car? Well, I wasn't using it enough to keep the battery up. Uh, your social life? Oh, moving on, then. Television. Lots of television. Girls, George? Oh, no, 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 sir. You don't have to worry there. I leave the girls alone, and they leave me alone. No, sir. I had just about all that I wanted. Just as soon as you get to liking someone, they turn around and take up with somebody else. No girls? No, sir. George. George, sit down here. Uh, there's something I think that I've got to tell you. You wanted me to be frank, okay? Well, go ahead, Max. Good night. Look at me. Can't you look me in the eye? What's the matter with me? Max, give it to me straight. Well, you see, I'm, tr- I'm trying to decide what's the right thing to do. I'm a sick man. That's it, isn't it? Well, in a way... I know it. Everybody's been trying to tell me. They have. Sure. Mrs. Netzelov with the del- delicatessen, she keeps saying I look peaked. Dave, he was doubtful about the insurance. What's wrong with me, Max? Let me ask you something, George. Now, listen. If you knew that you had only, only a very short time left to enjoy life, what would you do? What would I do? Right, with the time remaining. Do you say, you say, you say, George, you like to read, watch television? Those are passive things, George. Now, wouldn't you like to travel? To actually stand where you've just seen pictures? To see and hear and be in the middle of life instead of just reading about it? George? I say, see Paris and die, I, I'd do that. I'd go to Paris. You would? But your life. In Italy and Greece. Then I'd fly clean around the world to Tahiti and Samoa and Pango, Pango. You really would, George? Yeah, I'd go to Sweden and Denmark. You can bet I wouldn't be alone either. You would be with me. Oh, that's ridiculous. You don't need me alone. Take a girl. George, take three girls. Make up for what you've missed. Well, maybe you're right. I-, I could finance the whole thing. If I only knew just how long I have. How long have I got, Max? Well, it's, it's hard to say. You've got to figure it out so I'll know how fast to spend the $60,000. $60,000? Everything I've got in the world. If I liquidate my stocks and bonds and cash in my life insurance, I'll have 60000 But now you, you've got to tell me how long I've got to spend it. Well, like I say, it's hard to set an exact time on well, What is it, a year? Less than a year? Six months? It is six months. I can tell by the look on your face. Okay, six months divided into $60,000 equals $10,000 a month to spend. Any way I like it. 
What's that going to be like? Oh, Max, I'm going to try everything, see everything, do everything. Wait a minute. Wait. How's it going to be when my time's up? George, you, you won't feel a thing. It'll be very quick. You're not just saying that. Oh, thank you, Max. Thank you. We who are about to die salute you. It's been many months since George Baker embarked on his odyssey to make all his money run out at the same time his time runs out. But like the obedient patient he always was, he's taken his doctor's orders explicitly. I don't know which hacks me the most. That he canceled all the life insurance I sold him and cut off my commissions, or that he tried to steal Samantha here right out from under my nose. Well, Dr. Frankenstein here prescribed debauchery, and good old George is wallowing in it. Where is he now? Anybody know? I got a postcard from him at the office today. He's in Frankfurt. He's pursuing a rumor about the granddaughter of Lily Marlene. I can't believe it's the same George Baker. Hey, did you see the piece about him in Newsweek? Where he tried to buy a Japanese go-go dancer in Tokyo? Buy her? He wanted to ship her home. I've never seen a personality reversal like this. You know, I shouldn't have cut so many psych classes. I'll get it. How long has he been on this binge now? It must be almost six months. Six months and about a week. You know, I live in constant dread that I'll get a call from the AMA asking me about my instant diagnosis. George, where are you? George, where is he? Hide me. Well, how are you? How is he? Well, the way he's been living, he ought to be dead now on general principle. Yes, he's here. I'll get him. It's George. You know what he wants? I don't know. Go talk to him. Okay. George? George, where are you? Well, well, well. Dear and glorious possession. Been keeping busy? Yeah? Yeah, pretty busy, George. Uh, how about you? Or, or do I need to ask? Oh, I've tried to fill the empty days with innocent diversion. Uh, where are you phoning from, George? Phone booth at LaGuardia. I'm just a sentimental slob, Max. I've decided to come home to die. Oh, and speaking of that, what exactly am I dying of? So many people ask me that. Well, it's a rare disease, George. Uh, I can't even pronounce it. Rare, huh? Listen, Max, is there ever any chance of a complete remission? I mean, a miraculous cure, that sort of thing? I... I don't know, really. George, why? Well, I feel so darn good, that's all. I mean, if I didn't trust your professional knowledge, if I weren't absolutely sold on your ethics as a doctor of medicine, I, I'd almost say I was in better shape than I was six months ago. Well... Gee, that's terrific, George. In fact, my worst problem is boredom. I did like you said, old buddy. I've tried everything, been everywhere, done it all. See, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I've sampled every thrill I could find, but now I'm running out of two things, new adventures and money. So Judgment Day had better be right around the corner. Well, Max, give my best to the gang and tell Samantha she'll never know what she missed. See you in the vital statistics columns. Yeah, where is he, anyway? What on earth was he saying? He's hip. What? The tone of his voice. It's unmistakable. He knows I conned him. Oh, no. Oh, yes. 
He hinted that he's running out of money now. You know what he could do? He could blackmail me for the rest of my life. Blackmail? How? Well, he could demand that I support him from here on in. Well, maybe he'd go tell the American Medical Association I gave him a phony diagnosis. Oh, wait a minute. How could he prove it was phony? Doctors can make mistakes. Don't you carry malpractice insurance? Hey, I could write you a nice policy. Can it, up. Dave? No, it's all our fault. It all started as a joke. We pushed and pushed until Max did it. George practically talked himself into believing he was sick. That crack you made, Dave, when you sold him his last policy, that helped a lot. About hoping the insurance company wouldn't rate him. I, I was just... setting him up for you, and you took the ball from there. Oh, hey, listen, Maxie. Don't try to shove the blame for this off on me. Yeah, and thanks to you, I get treated like Irma LaDuce by this little creep. Ugh, makes my flesh call. You really psyched him out good. Say, you two really are funny. You were all for this routine six months ago. Now it's all Max's fault. Come on, David, let's get out of here. Yeah, see if I send any more insurance physicals your way, sawbones. <laughs> What a jungle. I think I'm going to move my practice out in the country. Become a veterinarian. It's open. Come on in. George. It is you. It's me. The prodigal son returned. Here, let me turn on a light. I was just closing up. No, never mind the light. I, I waited until the nurse left. I wanted to talk to you alone. Sure, George. Sure. To say, how are you feeling? Better than I expected. It's been six months today, Max. Gee, has it? Time really flies when you're having fun. I've had my fun, Maxie, all over the world. I did all the no-no. Yeah? Well, and you can say you really lived, huh? Oh, you bet. It took a little getting used to, breaking away from my old stingy habits, I mean. But I managed to, finally. I made some interesting discoveries. I discovered that if you have enough money, you can buy anything, legal or illegal. I discovered you can even buy friends, and you'll keep them just as long as your money holds out. I even discovered you can buy dreams, again, until your dough is gone. Well, I didn't plan it just right. My dough ran out last week, so I had to have some more. I stole. First time in my life. And you know what I stole? A gun. This gun. George. And right away I found out that a gun is a very efficient way to get what else you might want. You can snap the light on now, Max. Take a good look at your patient, Doctor. George, what the hell has happened to you? What's happened to me? The world has happened to me. The world I only used to read about. Oh, I suppose I look a little dissipated. Well, that's what this terrible disease will do to you. Of course, you know all about that, don't you? You not only invented it, you gave it to me, right, Max? I don't know what you're talking about, Tell me George. the particulars about this fatal disease. Oh, for God's sake, George, put the gun away, George. Look, I'll tell you. It started last New Year's Eve, you know, at the party we invited you to. There were some of us, Dave and Sam and Laura and I. Well, we were talking about what a pity it was that you sort of holed up in your little printing business and given up living. George, one of us came up with a crazy idea that I tell you, you only had six months or so to live. Well, we laughed it off, George, but when you came in for that physical right after that and you were worried about yourself, I just thought... George you thought, why not let old George believe he's only got six months to live and tell him to go out and live it up, right? 
Well, let me tell you something, Maxie. I knew you were putting me on right from the first. You did, would you? I was looking for an excuse, I guess. Life was pointless, dull. It was exciting to believe I was on borrowed time, that I only had six months to burn the world down. You, You gave me the key to unlock all the sensations in the world, Max. I've tried them all, everything, except one thing. What's that? I've never killed a man. That's, that's one thing you can do without, George. Well, why should I? I lived 40 years like a goldfish. Absolutely zero excitement. Now I've had six months of every kind of thrill in the world. Dames, drugs. You wouldn't believe it. Well, I've been kind of looking forward to the ultimate trip, you know? It's, it's not for you, George. Now, George, listen to me. And you know they'll catch you. You're going to spend the rest of your life behind bars. Is it worth it? Please, please just think of that. Think of Laura. George, if you kill me, think of what that would do to Laura. It's okay, Max. I don't care about the rest of the time. You prescribe six months of excitement. Well, I've had exactly six months of it. Time for the climax, old buddy. George! Operator, may I help you? Operator... This is Dr. Max Garrison. I want to report a suicide. Yeah. Uh-huh. 